0: Ghosts are horny. Fooky. Revisiting female violence. (laughs) That could be any of these episodes.
1: I I hate to bring up bugs. (laughs) Once again, I have to bring up bugs. Six quick and easy steps for your common demon summoning. I accept this headcanon.
0: Liberal propaganda, damn cucks.
1: Is this a John Winchester hate zone?
0: Could have had okay. killer Optimus Prime, and he had to be racist. Had to be fucking racist.
1: Persuiter. Hi, and welcome to On the Road with Supernatural, the podcast where we watch and discuss Supernatural episode to episode from the beginning. I'm Jasper Graydon.
2: I'm Jordan Grimm. I'm Ben Francis, subbing in for Allie today. Thanks for having me again.
1: Of course. Woo! Thank you so much for being here, and we'll be your hosts for this Monster of the Week journey through American folklore and Christian mythology. Yes. Hello. Thank you, Ben Francis, for being here. Since Allie cannot make it today, it's so lovely to have you back. And for our full hour, and however many minutes we go over an hour, because none of us can shut up.
2: <laughs> Thank you Can't for having me. Until we reveal that Ben Francis
0: is really just Allie whenever she has a head cold. <laughs> uh,
2: my my nasal congestion, my, my like deviated septum. Like I could probably just like if I squeeze my nose, I bet I could do Allie. I, I, I could I could probably get it out, but
1: I'm a little yes. I'm a little scared of that. You
0: can metamorphosize into Allie.
1: <laughs> oh my fucking god! Yes. Um, I'm pretty sure that's not how you would conjugate that noun into a verb, but okay. Oh
2: sorry, metamorphosis. This is <laughs> this is this is an episode that like all seriously dead face like not even the the characters could believe it. Rugeru Rugeru. It sounds like a fucking vacuum. It doesn't sound like a, a beast of any kind.
1: You know, uh, and the annoying part of it is uh, that it's a real, that's a real creature. Yep. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: Yeah. Maybe, I know, before we dive into the episode, maybe I'll talk real quick about Lalugaroo, which is what they're actually fucking talking about. <laughs>
2: Is, is this like a southern beast? Is yeah. this like a bayou beast? Fuck yeah, All right. this,
1: is the, this is the Cajun Wolfman, my guys. <laughs> this is the Cajun Wolfman. And for the life of me, I don't understand why they didn't just do the fucking Cajun Wolfman. They were like, what if we did every trope of like the Wolfman or like a vampire-esque creature, um, but instead made it just like a weirdo cannibal monster and then called it yeah. the name of the Wolfman creature? What if we did that? And to that I say, why? <laughs>
3: why? That's all
0: we
2: can say because it was it made no sense. I know. So we we don't have it. We don't have it in the South. We have it in Missouri, and we also so we're we're too chicken to actually set it in the South. We're sure. we're gonna call the name of the 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 street that he's on, Mount Montgomery, and oh, like yeah. tied to Alabama, but not actually tied to Alabama. Uh, I okay. didn't even catch and we're that. We're gonna make him addicted. To, we're gonna make him addicted to like the rawest of meats and stews and steaks like ba- basically cajun food his life but we're not we're not gonna lean in. okay now that i actually understand i'm kind of like a yeah no
1: and i mean like the fun part of the, the lelugaru the cajun werewolf um isn't just that he's like your typical wolf man as you would imagine from a movie like an anthropomorphized wolf guy they're like they have that cajun gregariousness and they go and have like parties on the full moon together and shit. Yeah. it's a fun time they're just hanging out so yeah i don't know i feel like you know everybody loves a spooky new orleans story they should have just done a spooky new orleans story i don't know why they didn't missed the opportunity there
0: actually like the idea of like the luguru too it was often used to like air catholic children into like following their lint rules yeah so wouldn't that have been so fun if this was like lulugurus were like hunting people like not doing their like religious i don't know like making a sarah gamble episode she would have figured out some way (laughs) of doing
1: it big respect to you Catherine, but sarah should have had this one i'm sorry (laughs) but yeah you know and and the thing about luluguru is that it comes it's like imported from the french werewolf right which you can Uh go all the way back to like fucking Bluebeard. like you know it comes from there so there is like that element of, like, fucking crazy-ass, cursed cannibal bullshit going on. Like, that's that's true. That's true. But I don't know. I just I just wanted a wolf guy. And, like, wouldn't it have been so funny to have that, too, when they've clearly established that in the supernatural canon, like, werewolves are not wolf men, but here they have Liluguru, which are wolf men. Just so you know, <laughs> like, there's a differentiation. It's real serious, guys. Like that would have been fun, but
2: no. We have a calorie counting villain instead. We oh have someone my who's just like, fucking
1: god! Yeah, just he's like he's trying to get beefed. He has to hit like ten thousand <laughs> calories a day, or else he'll die and eat people.
2: Yeah, he's on the he's on the what, what's that awful book by Jordan Peterson and his daughter? Oh fuck! He's on, he's on the like I have to look on the title, but I remember it was it looked like a a Chuck Tingle book. Yeah. cover alone. Oh fuck, what uh, is that but called? But it was all about like the red meat diet to cure depression or something.
1: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. He was like a, a, a suburban grinder instead of a cool Cajun yeah. wolf. It
1: was, wasn't scare. it one of those like raw paleo things? Yes. yes. Oh man, that shit cracks me up.
2: That will turn you red and into a bloodthirsty demon too though. Just, just as a heads yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, so. just
1: a heads up. It'll cure your depression, but downside you won't have any moral compass and you will want to eat people.
0: <laughs> Win-win.
1: <laughs> <laughs> alright, alright, alright. Without further ado, today's episode is season four, episode four, Metamorphosis. The one that's exactly what Jordan predicted it would be. To oh, the no. letter, every fucking beat. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> this episode was written by Katherine Humphreys and directed by Kit Manners and originally aired on October 9th, 2008. Now, Jordan, I don't know if you remember what you predicted for this episode, but at the end of last one, which ended on a 2B continued, You said, no, you're not going to continue. What they're going to do is they're going to spin this whole episode that's a really bad metaphor for Sam's internal evil that he can either fight or succumb to. And that's exactly what you got. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I felt really guilty. I was like, please don't tell me that I willed this episode into existence because I never meant to. And if I did, I am sorry, universe. I
1: think you did. Um, I think there is some sort of like wormhole that exists like underneath your place or like honestly, maybe the pharmacy <laughs> where we work because True. you know all those synchronicities that are always happening there. Oh, yeah. You know, and you you willed it into being in the past by talking about it on the podcast. And, you know, honestly, I can't even be that mad because I'm just so impressed.
0: <laughs> well, I apologize. And also, you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs>
1: for both of those.
0: <laughs> yeah, I honestly, like, I don't even know what to think. This episode, like, I don't want to say strong is the wrong word, but it even, like, had a pretty interesting start. Oh, yeah. Because, like, we start with Sam doing his little exorcisms. Right. Right. So it's it's like interesting, we're already sucked in because we just had this thing, like, you know, Dean needs to stop Sam from doing these things. But I don't know, I have to kind of wonder how the series would have either maybe downfalled or benefited more if we let this sue a little bit more, if like Sam got to do this a little bit more and delve just a little deeper mm-hmm. before being pulled back, rather than like Dean just immediately can like catching him with his pants down. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Yeah, totally. So I love to hear that you're still team Let Sam Be Evil. I I love to hear that. Now, Ben, I don't know how much before this episode you watched. Like, I don't know if you've seen episodes one through three of season four. But episode three did end on like a cliffhanger. It literally ended with a to be continued, which um, these episodes don't usually do. So normally what would happen here is we would start with a cold open that's about the case or the monster of the week. And then it would come back to the brothers after the title card. So this one is directly from the end of episode three, where Dean just had some like big revelations about his family history and the demon whose blood Sam is cursed with and all this stuff into this basement exorcism scene with Sam in this episode.
2: Yeah, when it it started, I was like, all right, all these little flashbacks that I saw at the very beginning of the episode, like with with the baby that being fed blood, which to me background. I'm like, oh, that baby was probably hyped up the rest of the day. Gave that baby <laughs> corn syrup. That baby was probably happy as hell. Hell yeah. Like when I when I saw that in the intro, I'm like, okay, so he's just dealing with some like past issues and he's got like a some stuff to work through. And then I see like, <laughs> and then I see uh, him with the Ruby lady, like his partner in this. And uh, she's so excited for this. She's so game for this side of him. <laughs> and, then... and then in walks Dean, and he just. <laughs> cracks her in the face and like throws her against the chains I'm right. um, like oh, all right so that's how we're starting it and then like later in the episode right. he cracks he cracks Sam twice in the face I'm just like this is the haymakers episode I don't really need yeah I don't really need context as much as I need to for him to keep throwing haymakers which the rest oh, of the yeah. episode kind of like tapered off from from there but i, I was really game for uh the, the immediacy of how pissed punching off, people yeah, how, how pissed off uh <laughs>
1: oh yeah was. no totally totally i love how he just busts into that scene and he's like "Nah, i'm not fucking with this because <laughs> uh, they argue about this topic a lot um or they did in like season two or whatever not so much in season three but you know they don't really need to hash it out right here they all know where they're all at so dan's just like i'm throwing punches <laughs> Which I don't mind. And I think even him calling Ruby a bitch and all this stuff, which I think we've all complained about in the past. Yeah. They never call anyone a bitch unless it's Ruby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking ridiculous. It feels pretty in character for him. Like, his attitude towards Ruby is always punch first, questions later. Yeah. So I'm sure. like, you know what? At least we're being consistent, dude. Yeah. <laughs>
2: It literally felt like okay like i know like coming off of the preview from the last episode like the all those stakes that have been built into it it really felt like dean walks into the scenes and it's like shut up it's my story now like punches everybody <laughs> <laughs> and it's like we're gonna do this and like i know it's still i know it's still sam that picks up the phone call meekly from travis and is like let's go do this di- sure. like in missouri but it feels like just a <laughs> moment where they're like all right fuck all that shit we just did in the last episode It's t- it's time for dean which made me back yeah. up. It was supposed to be dramatic, but it made me laugh really hard.
1: Oh, yeah, no, totally. It's funny you say that because um, we've noted before how, like, you know, people in charge or writers or what have you seem to really have a preference for Dean's storylines. Like, even Sam's storylines are so heavily focused on Dean sometimes. We're sort of like, what is going on here? So, yeah, it's it's interesting that you point that out, uh, especially in an episode that, like, takes the time to emphasize in its closing, like, Sam's agency and choice, so, like, to have it open up with, like, Dean charging in haymaker, nah, this is my narrative now, like...
2: <laughs> yes that's what i mean yeah that's why like the ending like i thought the ending was still like on par with what they're trying to do with like the story arc and the character stuff but like it still felt that i was like is this like part for the course that just dean breaks into an episode and sets his mind now because i was laughing no, a no. lot because i'm like do they just do this on the show
1: no i think he's generally more argumentative and less physically aggressive but i think we can save talking about that okay, until a okay. uh, later scene Jordan, what did you think of Ruby in this scene? Because it's the first time that she's interacted with Dean, really, since season three. Um, The other time that she interacted with him, she was just pretending to be like a one night stand of Sam's.
0: Oh, it was really interesting how they like so quickly just kind of got back into the groove. I don't know. Like, the thing about the whole intro of this episode is things happen so fast. Like, because the last couple of episodes, I've had this question in my mind. like. How is Dean going to find out about Ruby? How is Dean going to relay to Sam about this whole angelic destiny of having to stop Sam? And like, they just come in here and like literally like the Haymaker is a good, like not only is the Haymaker like a physical thing, like he's physically punching people. He's kind of like punching people with truths as well. Oh, yeah like we're just getting into it like there's no time to think he just sees ruby and they're just immediately at it yeah. like i don't know there's no like i was expecting more of like a feeling of betrayal but it was just kind of more like it is what it is yeah. fuck you
1: yeah i i really appreciated the fast pace of like the plot stuff in that regard and like the efficiency of some of the dialogue I was really interested in Ruby in this scene because her whole demeanor is actually a lot more gentle than it ever was in season three. Yeah. Sort of like in the first episode of this season where she was like, you know, Sam, I'm not going to get between you and your brother. Where we're like, hmm, like that's like really pretty docile compared to your attitude before. Like she's pretty much backing up when she's asked to here. And, you know, while I really am not super into that line that Dean has where he's like, well, aren't you an obedient little bitch? I'm like, well, I mean, it is kind of apt that he says that here because it's pointing out a change in, like, their power structure. Yeah. Whereas it used to be Sam always, like, telling them what to do. Now Sam seems to be more in charge, which is a nice change, especially since, like, Sam never seems to have any agency. (laughs) Poor thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Did you like our our second look? Or I guess maybe it's the third look. No, I think it's the second time. Our second look at Sam's spooky demon powers.
0: Oh, with like the, huh, it's okay. I guess exercising demons with like your mind is like kind of cool, but I, I do like the effects. I think it's really funny that they're like slowly vomiting instead of like exploding. Yeah. I'm kind of curious, like, what they're trying to convey with that in relations to his power, with the exorcism being so different.
1: I think, you know, when they exit through the mouth and it's, like, the upward thing and the the yelling or whatever, it's, like, they're choosing to do it, but they're being forced out, which is why it's more of, like, a gagging.
0: Like, they're trying to, like, hold on, yeah.
1: Maybe. I was really interested in how they, like, set the tone during that scene, because, like, The demon is very into being like, ooh, big hero, man, blah, 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 uh, like, trying to, like, piss him off or whatever. And, you know, Sam is the hero of the story, ostensibly, on, on top of that. But we do have, like, you know, he's swathed in shadow and, like, all of the background music during this scene where he's doing his Darth Vader shit (laughs) Is like these like buzzing and humming string instruments of very like classic horror background kind of music. So like (laughs) like the tone of it is set up as being really kind of disturbing, even despite the fact that he's doing a thing that has a net positive. And I, I love that they sit there and make us so uncomfortable with that.
0: Yeah, it is kind of interesting because I kind of like that as viewers, we're not really sure how to feel about anyone in this scenario. Like, we don't really know who to trust. Like, are we supposed to trust Castiel? Are we supposed to trust Ruby at this point? We just, like, really don't have enough information, and I actually find that kind of exciting, so.
1: Yeah, especially since, like, we understand very well where Sam and Dean are at, like, their perspectives and, like, what affects their opinions about things but we don't really know anything else about anyone else's motivations. So it yeah. makes it hard to be like, this behavior is bad. This behavior is good.
0: Yeah, which is like kind of funny too, because it kind of goes into like that conversation that they had. So this was a little bit of like a conversational whiplash to me. Yeah. Where like Dean is, he? so he tells Sam about the angel. He's like, Castiel like warns Sam to stop. But then he like pretty much says that means God wants him to stop too. Mm-hmm. And like what he's doing is like ungodly. I don't know. It's just kind of interesting. Because, like, Dean doesn't really know either.
1: Right. I think that he is trying to, like, draw on the fact that in previous episodes, Sam, he, like, he asked Sam, like, you're okay believing that there's a god and, like, heaven and angels and stuff? Like, you're fine with that? And he's like, yeah, whatever. And he's like, well, okay, if you believe in that crap, then this is the, like, logical follow through of that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, also it's a refreshing level of transparency that Dean actually mentions it.
3: This feels like one of those things, like,
1: in a previous season, Dean would have been like, oh, I have to protect poor Sam's emotionally fragile younger brother brain. (laughs) But no, he's just like, here you go.
0: Yeah, no, this whole exchange kind of feels out of place, and that makes it exciting. Like, out of place compared to, like, the series as a whole, which is good. It's showing, like, development.
1: Yeah. Totally. I'm also interested in how, like, even before he brings up the angels specifically, he does, like, sort of regurgitate some of that same dialogue from the previous episode. You know, it was all this, like, your brother's on a dangerous path, and we don't know where it ends. And he basically says, like, the same exact line. So he's obviously deeply internalized to that. I think, uh, Ben, you pointed this out to me earlier when we were just, like, chatting online. This is, I think, the first instance that he refers to Castiel as Cass.
2: Pretty sure, at least, yeah. I mean, like they put it in there clearly to demonstrate, like, oh, they're more familiar with each other now. It's not like that angel cast yeah. or that, that person. They're like, no, it's Cass. Cass is so- someone right. I know. Cass is someone yeah. who's also worried about you, Sam. I'm worried about you because I'm your brother, and I don't want to ever have to hurt you someday. Anyway, <laughs> let's do an entire episode about a person who's followed this entire family for apparently 30 years and is willing to kill the son as well. <laughs> like, it, it it takes a turn. I agree with Jordan. This episode it takes does. a fucking
1: turn. It does, but my point is, my point is that he's clearly developed a level of yeah. trust, at least, with Castiel, and so this information about like potentially God thinks what you're doing is bad uh, is alarming to him. I would imagine. This is like kind of a tangent. Well, it's completely an off offshoot of that conversation, but literally I don't ever want to hear the phrase gone off the reservation in dialogue on TV like ever again. Like this is a racist phrase. Stop using it. Yeah. It's lazy. You can you can say so many other things. If you want to keep it idiomatic, like say like go off the deep end or whatever. Don't be out here using colloquialisms that specifically point to native people as being crazy. Don't do that. That's fucked okay. up.
2: If and Paula, that's like the centerpiece of your show, and you could just say you're like running on uh, fumes, you're, you're ah. moving on borrowed time, like there's a bunch of little idioms that like make more sense to the characters' minds. It's, yeah. It just seems more like a, again, like if this was like a, not saying this excuses it, I think it'd still be like inappropriate and like you can do better. But if this was also like some type of, cultural episode if it really wasn't the fucking suburbs of missouri <laughs> like i could i could see more of it but like no it's it's they're in the missouri suburbs right. Like, it's, it's completely out of yeah
1: there's like there's no reason for that
2: yeah quit it
1: you know it's been a while since i've had to point out some sort of like seemingly innocuous racist phrase which is good i think but yeah, not this one, I don't wanna see that. I see it all the time in fanfic, and I'm never gonna leave bullshit bad comments on people's fix that they post because I know how much that sucks, and it's not a commercial product, so whatever. But if I catch any of y'all during the editing process before we post using that phrase, I'ma tell you it's racist. And that's that on that. <laughs> so do we think, um, getting back into their argument again, Do we think that Sam should keep exercising demons like this? There is like this notion that angels don't want him to do it. And, you know, it's evil powers from his evil demon blood or whatever. And blah, blah, blah. But like he is saving people. Don't really have any other methods of getting rid of demons without killing people that are as reliable. So I personally don't really know what to think.
0: Here's here's my thing. So Dean did tell him that, God wants him to stop doing it but he did withhold the information that when he was brought back in time it was to catch Dean up to know as much as the angels know and all the angels know is that Sam is a part of his plan they don't know exactly why the yellow-eyed doom like they don't know his intentions so like Sam's stopping for the angels is more of a preventative measure for them rather than some kind of doomed future that they're trying to stop I don't know I say keep doing it, Sam.
1: And you're not just saying that because your pro makes Sam evil.
0: <laughs> I'm maybe maybe a little.
1: He <laughs> should just be allowed to be like a little bit, a little bit bad as a treat. Maybe grow some right. like an evil goatee or something.
0: Here's the thing about this show. This show is really big on punishing people. There's not a lot of, like, redemption that has been shown thus far. Uh-huh. Except for, for fucking John Winchester, who got to crawl out of hell, little fucking asshole. Um, <laughs> so we think. I guess we don't actually know.
1: I, I mean, they they heavily implied.
0: Heavily, heavily implied. So, I don't know. Just, I just want to see where, let him be evil. Bring him back from it. Mm-hmm. Or just let him be evil. I don't know. This world sucks. Like, everyone is evil. Everyone's out killing each other. What's one more, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, totally, totally, totally. I feel that. I have one beef with this scene in terms of, like, writing. I hate the line, if I didn't know you, I would want to hunt you, and other hunters would, too.
0: Oh, I hated that. I
1: hate it because I think it's categorically false, actually. Yeah. Because he would have no way of knowing, like some jabroni is like exercising demons, like okay, like, <laughs> like he would like, where would you have this magical knowledge, sir? Like I'm just like this is this is a stupid line. It's literally just thrown in there to be like this is the level of how angry he is, as if we don't already understand that from like the explosive physical anger that he has yeah. in this scene. Um, which he doesn't really uh, demonstrate in other episodes.
0: Nope, I agree. It just seemed like a can line, and it was a really big statement for something that just didn't make sense.
1: I was just like, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so next they get a call from Travis.
1: Yeah. I, like, I'm so interested in them using, like, the way they use phone calls um in this show to move story. And, like... I love, like, they use it to connect characters across scenes and all this stuff. And here they're like, we have no good way of ending this argument, except for if someone interrupts them.
0: Yeah, literally.
1: It's so clever, I think.
0: It's kind of nice, too, because, like, cell phones at this time, like, not everyone would have had them yet. They were just becoming really big. Yeah. I think it's interesting.
1: I mean, I didn't have a cell phone until 2008, so. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? They didn't even flash the brand of cell phone, I don't think.
0: Oh yeah, no little Motorola hopping across.
1: Oh, where's our product placement, y'all?
2: <laughs> it's probably like singular wireless, and they like folded before the episode even came out. They're like, we ain't getting money off of this.
1: Oh my cut the, God. Cut all the profits.
2: <laughs> I, I, I don't quote, don't, don't I don't actually know.
1: <laughs> I would love that, though.
2: A demonic wireless company. So just all of them, then, just every single one. Well, you know, I mean,
1: why do demons even need cell phones? Is a question that I ask, but I do. You know, it it charms me nonetheless. All right, so they get they get this info from Travis, who's like this acquaintance of theirs, and um, here is where I think the episode starts to get a little fucky, and I'll tell you why. It's not just because I think this monster is bullshit and the metaphor is too on the nose. It's a pacing thing. Yeah. Why is the pacing so fucking strange from here on out? It certainly doesn't help that they transition to this scene and it feels like the cold open that wasn't at the beginning. Yeah, literally. Does it not feel like they just started the whole episode over right here?
2: Yes, absolutely. That that's what I was gonna say when when I was discussing about and now we're gonna like I know you just had this serious issue about like will I have to kill my brother or not. Anyway, here's the real episode.
1: Anyway, here's this guy chewing with his mouth open, like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sir, close your mouth.
2: (laughs) First of all. His wife loves it. His wife is like, ah, this is the son of a dentist. He would chew this way. (laughs) (laughs) It's so it's so weird. (laughs) You've already had two steaks. Yeah, but I'm trying to cure my depression. <laughs> <Use third> <laughs>
1: <sake>. <laughs> Gotta hit that ten thousand calorie level. <laughs> She's over there like this man got me pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at him fondly as he <laughs> snacks. <laughs> Fucking awful.
0: Oh, it was horrible. I just, like, don't like watching people chew. Yeah. I guess it was effective in that way.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, like, they're drawing attention to it. We're supposed to be like, oh, he's hungry. Like, you know, there's emphasis on it, and we're supposed to be disturbed by it. So, of course, they make it really close to the mouth. No one likes mouth stuff like that. So, like, yeah, yeah, I get it, I get it, but also, no. And I just, it's such a failing of this episode, I think, that they try and fit it into the usual format of Monster of the Week, like one-off kind of guys. Like, if yeah. they were doing, like, a random ghost episode or something, they try and make it like that. Because this was literally the second half of, a, a like, a two-part episode with, like, a to-be-continued and everything. Like, you would think they would want to focus a little more. I just deeply question the choice to jump into explaining some brand-new monster to force a metaphor when they could so easily just do a vampire episode. Yeah. Especially when they're already talking about blood. <laughs> Demon blood, yes. For blood.
0: They could have, like, literally brought back someone from Amber Benson's vampire, like, little coven thing of people trying, like, someone that they let go, like, who ended up getting back off the rails.
1: Right, yeah, from Bloodlust. Someone blood one Lust, of the vampires yeah. from Bloodlust. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, they wouldn't even have to bring back a specific character. They just could have said it was them. Yeah. Just, like, nodding towards it or something. Like, you know, I, I'm just like, what the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> Yeah. i don't know like i have no illusions about the fact that i would absolutely bomb if i tried to like go and make something of my writing career like in la or whatever but also i sit here and i watch these and i know for a fact that i can do it better
0: <laughs> yeah no absolutely i
1: hate that fun. i i hate that i say that so much but i'm just like god damn it like when there's an episode like this i'm just like what were you thinking
0: and <laughs> <laughs> a plus like They're in Carthage, Missouri, which is already kind of, like, a biblically named town. And I was like, oh, is there going to be some kind of intention here? And, like, nope. That's just where they're at.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's a joke. Like, it's a pun about Hannibal. Because, like, Hannibal, like, the historical general was from from Carthage. And there's also Hannibal the cannibal.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay.
1: I'm pretty sure it's just, like, a stupid little joke. Like, am I crazy? No, no. But, yeah, and and I think another thing that makes this the way they start this out again is that they try and flip back to Sam and Dean talking in the car as if like they just had the title card again so again I'm back to talking about the pacing I apologize but I think if they had like just reordered some of this stuff like why not have them spying on this guy here instead of later and like moved this conversation about their mom and the past and whatever someplace else
0: Uh, Absolutely
1: earlier or later. I don't think it matters one way or the other. I mean earlier is probably better, but like the the back and forth here just really, I don't know, it throws me out of it because I just don't give a shit about Jack Montgomery and his, you know, obviously fake raw ground beef or whatever.
2: His, his cranberry sauce, ground beef. <laughs> I, I, again, like, I tried, I was like, all right, it's gonna be my third time on this show. I should, like, do extra, like, I mean, I always try and do a little work for this, but I was like, oh, I should absolutely. do extra. I should watch cannibal movies. I should do, like, so I watched a few. I watched Raw and I watched uh, Flesh Eater. Flesh Eater got a 4K, so I was excited to see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It didn't really help me for this uh, <laughs> as much when I, was, when I was getting into it. The more I got through the episode, the more I started seeing, like, connections to a different kind of monster movie. I don't know if either of you have seen Darkman or are familiar with Sam Raimi's Darkman. It has um... Oh, I
0: just watched it like literally a week ago.
2: Oh my God, Francis shut McDormand, up. Liam Neeson. The whole the whole movie's arc is like about a guy who is definitely a monster being like, No, I can I can still have my normal life and girlfriend and like that kind of thing. And the movie's just like telling him over and over, no. No, you're dangerous. (laughs) No, you can't have the pink elephant scene is like the culmination in that movie. But like, Jack is a guy that just cannot take the fact that he's no longer like a regular guy. Now that like he's so happy in suburbia, which is like also really strange to me because I'm every suburban guy or like really just any suburban person, after a long enough time of like no threats and nothing like differentiating their days or sense of danger, will just start inventing danger in their lives. Have you noticed this? Like, yeah. But, like, Jack is the opposite of that. Jack is a guy who's like, no, danger doesn't exist. I'm like, what? You live in the suburbs. You're obsessed with danger. If you were a dangerous person or, like, people were telling you this, this would not be your reaction. You would not be in, like, total denial. But he is. Right. I, I thought that was very... Like, strange, coming off of, like, Darkman, especially since you had seen it, like, recently, uh, Jordan, I bet it, it might have flashed in your head a bit when Sam and Dean are just telling him, so you're a danger to everyone around you, and he's like, no, I'm not, go away, <laughs> I'm fine, stares at his wife's vein. <laughs> this is the other thing, he starts the the all-meat diet, and he becomes, like, a toxic man in, like, literally days.
1: <laughs> like, but it he turned his depression.
2: It did cure his depression. He he felt so alpha, he started a bar fight. Yeah,
0: yeah. My thing is, is like a small tweak that I think would have really helped this episode and kind of relate to Sam's story. So like in Man, we start with his origin and then he lives alone and we kind of see him accept his monsterdom. Yes. And then try to live like liminally between the two, being this monster and trying to have a normal life. Oh my
1: goodness, and that's Jordan's where the disconnect bringing is. up liminal spaces
0: that i am
1: so incredible
0: in this episode have been better if for one we just didn't use the term Liguru, but we've already talked about that but um if he had been this monster if he had had these urges before the boys ever even came on the scene and they're more watching him in his struggle to like live his normal life
1: mm-hmm.
2: definitely i think also it would have done more for the sam storyline it would have yeah, helped exactly. him in like every direction yeah i agree I, I completely agree.
1: There really isn't a Michelle-esque character in Sam's life that he's potentially endangering by exercising demons safely from human bodies. Yeah. They're trying so hard to make this proxy, this proxy character fit into like the Sam shape. But like I feel like you either need to like commit to it, go really whole hog, and just make it exactly like way too on the nose or like come like just come off of it a little bit and you know there's even actually a scene where dean is like saying like oh maybe you just like relate to him too much
0: Ugh,
3: or yeah. whatever
1: like oh yeah nice dude but he's got something evil inside something in his blood maybe you can really i i think like that doesn't even mitigate it very much uh,
0: yeah i would agree with that
1: like normally i feel like if you point at the thing it makes the thing more acceptable but not here i don't know Sorry, I keep bringing that up. That wasn't exactly what y'all were talking about, and I'm just sort of going on about it. I have had a couple of drinks.
2: (laughs) No, I see it. I see this, like, desire to make this episode into, like, a twin plotline, like, mirroring each other and, like, informing each other. But but like you said, like, all of the efforts to, like, mirror each other are the thing telling you that it mirrors itself. You're not actually, like, looking into it and seeing the reflection. Right. But then again, I am a person where if you try that fucking story technique on me, you really have to earn it. I don't really accept it quickly. One of my favorite games ever is a game called Metal Gear Solid 5. That game has a mirrored beginning and, and second act climax, which is the ending. Uh-huh. There's maybe 60 hours of story between those two. And I still didn't like it for like the first two years after I finished the game. I had to grow to like it later. And this episode is trying to get me to do that in like 45 minutes. Yeah, like 40 minutes. About a character that I really only know, like you said, for 30 of those minutes. And he's already a, he's already like a dick by the end. Cause like you said, the pacing is so fucked up that like, we don't actually see him in nice mode. We just see him in suburban dickhead mode right. for the ent- entire episode. Like.
1: Right, right, right. Like, like, we have no reason to believe that he can be a nice dude because we only see him in the on the alpha guy mode.
2: Yeah, he the moment he goes ragu, Rogaro uh, <laughs> Ragu Pasta, the moment he goes that way, we see him become just like the character that the episode needs him to be versus the person that he is. Like Jack is a perfect name because it's just like <laughs> it's it is like a John doe ass name. But yeah. Like he's just like a, a jack off of all trades. Oh my It's God. just like whatever whatever <laughs> the episode needs him to be, that's what he'll yeah. he'll be for the rest of the episode. And in this case, it's oh he'll mirror the the family struggle of like I can't I can't do this uh, because you know like they're so they're my loved one they're close to me. But like I don't know like if you want us to love them like give us the dynamic there all i get is that his wife is like this guy's fucking weird (laughs) right right. (laughs)
1: yeah i they can't even stick with like one form of like appetite or craving for them to like focus on like right it's like so disjointed like i feel like you know at first they're like oh like he's gluttonous and then they're like oh let's compare it with like drinking too much alcohol and and then it's like oh, he's just way too horny. I'm like, ugh, I don't know. It's just all (laughs) weird. Like, once again, I really just don't understand why they didn't just make this a vampire. I love, Ben, that you brought up the length of the episode because that's actually something I made a note about. It's like, maybe they could make this work a lot better if there was just more time. But in 40 minutes, like, you can't get, like, there's just too much stuff that they're giving me. Like, you need more space to reconcile that information in your head. And also, mirrors. Reflections are such a big thing in this episode, and I feel like it's so hammy. (laughs)
2: Yeah! I'm brushing my teeth when all of a sudden... (laughs) Oh my
1: god, my spine! My spine.
2: the thing that supports me and makes me who i am has now changed yeah it's very it's very
1: right right the, the length
2: is, is hurting it severely in, the, in this case and, and like you said and then it, to
1: cap off the episode with like a broody sam looking into his own reflection in the window being like this is my choice oh my fucking god <laughs> <laughs>
2: This is this is the pinnacle, uh, at least of the Supernatural episodes I've seen. And I've seen this is the other thing. The ones that I have seen so far have been much more fun than this one. Yeah. But this is the pinnacle of like a telling me instead of showing me. Yeah. And and that's that's like the with the reflections. It's the perfect example. It's like a reflection scene is like the perfect opportunity to show something internal, but it, in both times it, it's telling you So And literally in the end scene, like you said, directly to the camera, like this is my choice. I'm like, cool. I don't feel that it's earned. (laughs) I don't relate to your decision to choose it after all the shit I just saw. In fact, like Jordan, I want you to be twice as evil and ignore God (laughs) because obviously (laughs) like, this is not doing anything except bending a a fence with your brother, which seems to be the other part of the episode. Like we can't have them be that pissed off at each other for the rest of the season because we need them to do other things. Again, like very tell, don't show kind of writing towards the later half. Yeah, And I didn't, I'm not want to be too hard on it, but like truly the, the pacing. And like, like you said, or like the runtime is what bit it so hard. Yeah.
1: No, definitely. I think actually there are instances where telling is appropriate instead of showing, um, I, especially in genre fiction, which you know we rely on characters who are experts in order to give us information. Like, that's why we have a character like Travis, who's like, let me give you all the special information about Liluguru. you know, it's like, that's, that's an appropriate thing. Like, we need that in that instance. And like, obviously, there are other sorts of scenarios, but that's just like the obvious one. But yeah, like, the level of why are you explaining this to me directly at the camera with, like, internal character shit in this episode is, like, way off the charts.
2: Think, think, that's a great that's a great observation. Like, at the start of the episode, it's it's much more natural because it's that expository, like, setting the ground rules. Because by the end of it, let's do, like, the basic scene questions of who wants what, when do they want, what do they okay. get if they don't want it. Um what does jack want at the end of the episode human flesh (laughs) yeah that's it (laughs) that's fucking it he has no other well but then again we can't even
0: like we don't even get to see his own like he has no agency either because he ends up getting pushed into all of this by travis right so like and then i don't even know how that relates to sam's story because like in the end the choice was not jack's and maybe that Sam is going to take that like not is going to learn from that and make it his choice and not anyone else's. Mm-hmm. Is maybe what I'm supposed to take away from this, but
1: but it's it's not like really clear what you're yeah. supposed to take away. And I think it's okay if you know there's several like options or interpretations. Like, you know, there is something that it's saying, but you can take it a bunch of ways and it feels intentional. This just feels like a mess to me. Literally. <laughs> like <laughs>
0: well the thing with like the final decision like i'm not trying to skip ahead too much but it kind of fits into this how we're talking about like the telling versus showing if you're going to tell me everything that you're trying to convey and not show me an entire episode and then want me to draw my own conclusion my brain isn't going to want to do that because i've been told this whole entire time what i'm supposed to think so keep programming me tv show what (laughs) am i supposed to think
1: you want to treat me like i'm stupid great i'll act stupid (laughs) (laughs)
2: oh my god that's the other thing I joked about like going in with haymakers I'm so for propulsive action and propulsive like writing that's just like we're doing this and you're on the ride right it is the more I think about it yeah the the pacing of this episode it is super strange to go in guns blazing and be like and now let's watch a man eat dinner (laughs) and and now and now let's hear a story from uncle grandpa (laughs) (laughs) like so
0: here's my thing about this episode it's like they just wanted a vehicle for dean to meet ruby for sam and dean to have the discussion about what dean had seen like going back into the past in the last episode that they were willing to just can an entire episode for this all to happen and i'm like if you're just gonna literally tank an episode so we can have these major plot beats happen then these next fucking episodes better be fucking good like Don't make me sit through this pile of shit. Just to get these, like, few plot beats out, if I was watching the show week to week, I would be so sad if this was the week I was stuck on. Because, like, this reminds me of a season one episode. It feels like Dead in the Water.
1: Yeah, I was thinking um it would fit in really well in season two. Like, even yeah. down to Travis as, like, sort of a proxy character for John. Like, you yeah. know, Dean immediately sort of deferring to him and Sam, double-checking the guy's research. And, you know, Dean having to peacekeep between them and, like, you know... Mr. Traditional Hunter values or whatever versus Sam's. Oh, what if we pretended like humanity is important?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, like I'm like the thematic content going on here. It just feels very outdated for where the series is at at this point. Yeah. Like we've done this. Why are we doing yeah. it again?
0: Well, and it's extra highlighted too by the last three episodes having been so kind of different yeah. and kind of setting up like a tone. that it just feels so like this regression feels strange
1: it is it's kind of weird um yeah and then you know sprinkled in with offensive shit like the off the reservation thing and when he calls the guy a fat sweaty dick i'm like man you know when you have the good guy character insulting someone by calling them fat like that's when i want the good guy to lose.
0: Well, and I have to think too, like, this is probably like the first fat person we've seen in this universe. And they're just like gluttonous, womanizing, like, stupid people. I'm like, and then we're specifically showing this negative right. representation and like pointing out the fact that he's fat. So it's like, oh, this is what fat people are like in the supernatural universe, just, just so you know.
1: Yeah. Also, I want to be like, okay, well, you're pretty sweaty right now, Jack, and you're not acting real nice either. <laughs>
2: Yeah, he looks like a coked up like yeah. Druggy. Yeah, no, he would have like, fit right in. He's like, give in me another. Um,
1: fucking uh, say hello to my little friend. What the fuck is that movie? Scarface. He would have fit in and Scarface. like one of those bathroom scenes in that movie. Like, is what he looks totally. like
2: yeah he of the t- of the two like to me like as a viewer like not what the show wants me to ally with or whatever but as a viewer i'm like this guy is a f- is like intense and out of control and he's gonna like literally like cause violence at this well, well he does he like, like fucking breaks I, the
1: dude's hand and then he like, does if i was that lady i'd be yeah, like i'm peacing out like you know call whoever she was supposed to meet and be like maybe another time like i wouldn't want to deal with either of those motherfuckers are you no. kidding me
2: the the only thing that scene does is reinforce to me that he that he sucks (laughs) a lot um and that like the reoccurring joke of the episode i like was like all right i'm just gonna mark every time a woman says she has to call the cops and it was like two or three times i think it was like three times and
0: they're trying to mirror like him literally fighting fighting his own struggles because he's like gluttonous and and horny so so he's he's got to fight of course a fat womanizer it's, just, it's right. also very on the nose. Yeah. It's lazy.
2: Yeah, it's on the nose. And it, it, again, the reflections that you're talking about where it's just telling right. you instead of Right,
1: showing no, you. totally, totally. And to, um, you know, and to tee it off, they, like, fucking start that scene with him looking at his fucking reflection across the bar.
3: Yeah.
1: I'm like, Jesus, like, <laughs> yeah. it's it's like they're playing, like, airplane with the, you know, with the baby. They're like, open your fucking mouth, eat your fucking food. I'm like, leave me alone. <laughs> I'll figure it out. Jesus. <clears throat> oh, here's a heartbreaking little moment that's just um, totally glazed over. They're talking to Travis about the possibility of saving Jack instead of killing him. And he's like, have you ever been like so hungry, like you haven't eaten in days hungry? And Dean immediately is like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, are we supposed to find this, like funny are we supposed to laugh here because he's like aha i love food or are we supposed to be thinking about how in season one when we flashback to the striga episode they had like nothing to eat and they were alone and didn't have any money
0: oh and dean was like giving sam his cereal yeah yeah no i had that exact same thought about like i'm like was it clever because it's like bringing in a mix of emotions or are we just like are they not conveying what they're supposed to?
1: I don't know, but it hurt my heart. I'm to tell you that. I'm like, I don't want to hear that it, Dean has been that starved. I don't like that. I want him to eat as much as he wants. And my heart hurts right now. Given that little tidbit, I do think it's funny <laughs> his fixation on the word long pig and how that continues to play out through the episode. Although I do not believe that he hadn't seen any of the Hannibal movies before this point. Like, are you kidding me? He hadn't seen Silence of the Lambs. Shut the fuck up. He knows what fucking bong pig is. Okay, Catherine.
0: Maybe he was too scared and he had no one to see it with.
1: Oh my fucking god, Jordan. <laughs> Fine, I guess.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know. It's okay, so this is not nice, but it's not the actor's fault. And like making fun of people's physical appearance isn't good after I just went on that rant about like the fat phobia, but. I thought that the actor was kind of hard to look at who played Jack, and that when he was in his demon form, it was like hard for my eyes to, to like. Not demon, his Rugaroo form. Ugh. It was hard for my eyes to differentiate that he didn't actually look like that, because it just seems like he always looked like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, to be fair, they didn't do that much different with his face. Like, they gave him some, like, Star Trek forehead stuff and, like, made him a little grayer and, like, gave him bloodshot, whatever, for his eyes. Yeah. And that was kind of it. So, like fair he got really good at being sarcastic right there though true so like i guess that's another thing that this does for you like it cures your depression and makes you really good at sarcastic humor
3: oh
0: god
1: (laughs) so i have a fun a fun little um subtextual reading i thought i would share at some point during this episode if you guys are interested in hearing it i'm ready okay Um. So I know we talk a lot about how someone in the writers' room, or maybe just Jensen doing whatever. I don't know. I don't know how it happened. Just that it does. That Dean comes off as very, very bisexual a lot of the time. But there's also like really strong arguments to be made in terms of story for a subtextually queer reading of Sam. So there's all this stuff in their fight about how long have you known this horrible thing about you that is internal to you and that you can't change you know going back and thinking about like gothic fiction you know the kinds of main characters that are preyed upon by like evil adult men it's a sort of sad loner character well I guess Parker and Dracula are a little different but it's that's it's that same kind of thing yeah. um, and then The way that the interaction between him and Ruby is sexualized by other characters, even in this episode, slutting it up with a demon is a dialogue, or a line of dialogue. And of course, like, if we want to be offensive, there's also the parallel, like, HIV-AIDS-infected blood with his demon blood thing. So there's all that stuff, and I feel like... I don't understand why they don't lean in on some of that more because I think it would be interesting because I want everything to be more gay always. Amen. That's that on that.
0: No, I I don't know. Like, that's the right way to, like, kind of parallel stuff instead of whatever this episode was.
1: (laughs) Jordan's over here like, but why wasn't that the episode? (laughs) Literally. I have to say, though, it's not my favorite reading. But it, you know, it's there. It's it's one that is very visible.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: It's there because Supernatural is a show that is incredibly gay, but also yes. homophobic. In the way that I am bisexual and also straight.
1: No, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Totally, totally. Yes. Totally. You gotta just you gotta check all the boxes. Keep everybody invested. Look, uh, dangle enough gay shit in our faces that we're like, oh my god, is that a gay thing that I can have? But Never so much that you startle a straight person who's like, Oh my god, a gay thing! (laughs) Gotta wait right until the end to bring out the gay stuff so they're already invested at that point.
2: I feel spoiled again because the last episode I saw was, or the last episode before this one, that was one that actually did have a gay character. It was like literally too pure for the. Oh no, yeah, he was so sweet
1: and good. So of course he had to die. He had
2: yeah, to. He had to die. That's it the is, rules that's of the, the show. Rules. That's the way the show. is. I
1: mean, that's yeah. when I got it's the handbook, right. um, and I, I looked through the rules. It, it was in there.
2: <laughs> the 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 funny the funny thing about we yeah, had we had like a little conversation about labels earlier today, just for no reason. I would whatsoever. never be
1: talking about labels within the queer community, and there would never be like celebrity news or like anything like that that would bring that up to the surface. Nothing.
2: Nothing no. that I can recall at <laughs> least, but when we were we we're having, like, a conversation about labels and just, like, that kind of thing, I go back to what we were talking about at the start of the episode where we were getting annoyed at the lagaroo, which really is a, a Cajun beast, and just the erasure of that kind of, like, opportunity to dive into culture and then literally getting, like, the most blank slate, does-what-the-show-needs-it-to-do type of character and, like, just the yeah. whittling away. Um, and I, I think about, like... The, the corners and, like, the things that had to be trimmed to just kind of push mm-hmm. this thing out. Even even so, like, even with all the, like, criticism, like, the telling, not showing, the things that that, that were a little less satisfying about this episode, I'm like, well, I, I know they'll be back on the the road uh, soon enough. You know, they'll, be, they'll, be back, they'll be back in uh, uh, the swing of things. And, like, the fact that, like, shows at this time, this is what, 2006? This episode? Eight. 2008. There was a lot more leeway to do that under these these banners, especially the oh, yeah, CW, uh, for example. And I want to, like, point that out because today we're recording on the, the 26th of April. I hate to break immersion. <laughs> we're recording on the 26th of April. Some of my friends uh, who, who work out on, on shows for, like, Warner Brothers and such, uh, all of their stuff just got canceled and shuttered as a result of this mega merger. Like, you can't even get this kind of opportunity to fail and fail upwards. No, yeah. anymore. <laughs> like the shows are already right. set in stone. Um, so like this kind of experiment, even though like we talked about how there's like, you know, clumsy executions and like poor writing choices and then just outright laziness, like with the depiction uh, in the bar especially, I think all of us got pretty annoyed. Right. At
1: least there's opportunity. Right. Like all of to all we it. got
2: annoyed at those things, but like there was a chance for this person to put their work right. out into the world at one point. And that is not the world of today. And that's like firmly another reason that this show is interesting. Like Alan Moore has a quote. Uh, I'm going to butcher it because I can't remember <laughs> anything like that. But I remember it essentially begins like, don't just read the, the classics, like read everything bad too. watch the bad stuff too, because you'll see this, the, the mistakes or decisions you wouldn't make. And it will inform your writing and make it stronger because you'll think of how that writing. made you feel reading that thing. And you will understand that like, that you will not want to make your audience feel that way and I think that's another reason why this podcast itself is important um is that it's illustrative of the the reaction and like uh, not just the the structure um but like how your audience feels when they interact with something that is just not up to par something that definitely could have used a few more script revisions even like the more basic like who wants what what do they want because that would have added depth to Jack's character instead of us just like basically throwing (laughs) throwing haymakers at him for this entire podcast episode sorry the person that portrayed them they did like a stellar job at the work but like this character is like flat in one note yeah (laughs) like and it, it needed a lot more uh time
1: well thank you for saying all that about the podcast yeah i um yeah i was talking to a friend the other day that about the fact that i think it's important to really talk about the things that don't work about things that are mediocre How the fuck are you going to make things that are good if you can't figure out what the fuck is bad about something that's bad? Like, does that make any fucking sense? I don't know.
2: No, absolutely. 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 It goes back to what you said earlier about like i don't know if i would ever be in la doing this kind of work and it's like you, but you don't have to be in la to do this kind of work like you don't have to be in la to have like a a true reaction or like a true understanding of like the way that the the media played before you and like how you received it because that is that is the truest audience reaction like i went to see the uh-huh. northman recently uh because it was it came out on my birthday i i was very lucky i got spoiled for a nick cage movie and a robert eggers movie oh yeah and I'm like, I'm in the theater and I'm like, I'm so excited. There's barely anyone there because I went to a matinee show. I'm like, oh, okay, great. It's just like people who are fans of this kind of movie, like everyone was like game for this. Like people were excited. But when the like movie actually began and walks like this, like teenage, like younger, younger guy and his girlfriend in like designer clothing. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, well, maybe, maybe they're an art film audience, but like the moment it gets to a truly gruesome scene and like. I don't know. Like when I watched this particular episode of the show, *Metamorphosis* season four, episode four, I had eaten like three bowls of chili while I watched it. Like I have a, I have a stomach of iron, so when he's like going to town on the cranberry <laughs> fake meat, I was just like, "This is this is fine. I don't care. Like I'm I'm having a good time. I recommend you all." Uh, do the Metamorphosis Challenge and eat lots of chili while you watch this episode. But this the, during the uh, early scene of The Northman, which features a very graphic disemboweling. I mean, you know it's a violent Viking movie, but I still hear like uh, this the shrillest, most performative "eww" from the front row from this this girl who's with her like boyfriend, partner, whatever, and just like really like uh, getting that kind of reaction. That's that's still an honest reaction. It may have annoyed me in the moment True. And, and annoyed like other theater people who told her to shut the fuck up. <laughs> it was pretty. It was pretty funny, um, but like, it's still, it's still honest. That is, that is something that she did take away from engaging with it. So I'm, gl- I'm glad when even it's, it's not like a, a masterpiece. You should all see The Northman. I'm going to see it again. Like The Northman, that I can still get something strong out of it. And this episode still brought strong reactions and strong conversations out of, out of all of us today. So I, yeah. I think there's still merit. I agree with 100. Sorry for yeah. getting on a big tangent about. No, it. no,
1: totally, totally
2: cw shows are even even i will i will go out on a limb for one that is way too horny and like bizarre to the degree that it is horny even lucifer has an audience of like 50 year old women who are obsessed with the the hottest guy all time like that reaction is valid for them and it's perfectly fine
1: yeah no totally i mean i will fully admit to enjoying lucifer i still haven't watched the last season but like those shows definitely um, have their place, and I, I wish there was more of that easily digestible, kind of crappy, but also like compelling for whatever fucking reason, kind of TV. Mostly there's just extremely heavy uh, with emotional content, like super way too long, slowly paced masterpieces, and then also like the worst garbage you've ever seen, like real housewives, I guess.
2: Yes, lots of lots of like I would say real housewives kind of shows where you have like a just like a bunch of feisty people chaotically colliding and being ruthless to one another or a prestige drama that dares to ask the question what if a man was a piece of shit but he thinks he's a good guy. It's nice to have something that is different like supernatural that like really opens up to other types of character stories, like straight up like not being locked into like what if a guy was bad. <laughs> When you watch her get into a show, like a CW show, again, which are on the way out, like those production offices have been shuttered as of like literally a week ago. You get actually something different, which is why the show will endure, at least to me. I don't know. I got on a big rant about the state of TV as I want to do. I apologize. No, no.
1: I, I am right there with you. I love to hear someone else talk about this and it like totally affirms that I'm not fucking insane every time I go off about it. So I love that. But let us refocus. Let's jump in sort of uh, around the climax here, just just before Sam and Dean show up at Jack's house. Um, and we have Jack, Travis and Michelle doing their little conflict going on.
0: All right. So Jack walks home. He's he's little doing his little shimmy home. And he's like, honey, I'm home.
1: Um, and... <laughs> all proud of himself for not eating a naked lady that he keeping tommed.
0: Oh my God. I <laughs> hate it so much. And then, yeah, he just like gets chloroformed and
1: where, where are they getting all of this chloroform? I, yeah, like I that people that exactly. seem to always have in like TV. Who is selling them all of this chloroform? Like, how do you buy that? I want right. to know for not nefarious reasons.
0: Right? Like, I would love to just like, I don't know. If someone's annoying me. Boom. Here's my little sleepy rag. <laughs> I'm willing to hand wave it a little bit because it's kind of tropey at this point. It's kind of camp. Sure. Stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't mind it. It's just, it's just moving things along at this point. Yeah.
2: The kind of suspenseful act break that you need. And in a show that, like, again, like you said previously on the third episode, it ended with a massive cliffhanger. Like, it's it's the same type of, like, cliffhanger energy, but it's, like you said, it's a trope at this point
0: i will say the scene did make me laugh and i know it's not it's not his intention but when he's like take me she has nothing to do with this and he's like but she does tell her what you told me and it like super zooms in on her face like crazy and she's like let me go i'm pregnant <laughs> and it was just so fucking funny like, i don't know why i laughed so hard at it I laughed pretty hard too.
1: I also laughed. I don't. I'm (laughs) not gonna lie. I did. I think there's just something so melodramatic about it. Like, like it's already dramatic. Like with the zoom in and everything, it's just it's so much. You know, like you have to laugh. You have to laugh. I don't know. I will say, like, she has a very pretty cry. Like, good for her. And I like, I like her lip shape. I know that's a strange thing to say, but they put the camera right up in front of her mouth. So, you know, what else am I supposed to look at?
0: Oh, another thing. So when Jack kills Travis, did he, like, eat his whole ass body?
1: Yeah, I think he did. I think I that's was what like, you're supposed to understand. Dude.
0: Yeah. yeah Girl, I was kind he's of hungry.
1: Like, he's been yeah. saying that for 30 minutes. He's hungry.
0: <laughs> he's really hungry. I'm almost, like, kind of just let him go. That seems like a useful skill. Like, that'd be really good for the environment.
1: Oh, my fucking God, Jordan. No, you know what they should do? They should, like, contain him like a crazy hyena man and keep him in Bobby's panic room and, like, let him out to clean up bodies when they're oh, no. when they're jumping around like little murder hobos from town to town, you know?
0: Maybe they could, like, learn to leash train him and stuff. That's
1: what I'm saying. They put on, like, and... a, like, a mask on him like Hannibal Lecter.
0: Okay, Jack can come into our imaginary roadhouse <laughs> room. <radio. laughs>
1: We got we got Ash, we got um we got Andy, Andy. and we got um we got that butler guy.
0: <laughs> that Allie was horny for.
1: Yeah, that was weird. That was weird at first. <laughs> um, oh, and, and now we got Jack the Cannibal. Wow. What a fun group.
0: Jasper, yes, for I think for like our final episode, you need to write fanfic and oh be your recommendation.
1: Oh my god. Yeah. On the three hundred and twentieth episode <laughs> I'm submitting for everyone. <laughs> <laughs>
0: On
2: the roadhouse. Yeah, on the roadhouse.
1: Totally.
0: I feel like we're missing people. If anyone is listening and is like, oh, you left this out of your roadhouse crew that you previously stated, let us know. I'm going to make a tally.
1: Okay. So I have to say I do kind of love that Jack has to, like, give in to his monstrosity in order to, like, protect his family. I, I think it's interesting... Like, they're forcing him to choose the bad thing, essentially. Or, I say there, Travis is forcing him to choose the bad thing. Especially when, like, I'm sorry, but I'm sitting here, like, and this is something, actually, I talked to my fucking mom about. She calls me up and she's all mad. She's like, man, why didn't Travis just, like, take Michelle to the fucking abortion clinic?
0: (laughs) That would have been a real depressing episode of Supernatural. Okay, but I'm just
1: saying, like,
0: it just cuts to Travis filling out, like, her medical history.
1: Like, if he had just agreed to let her get an abortion and Jack was like, okay, I'm going to keep my shit, like, cooled down, I'm just going to eat lots and lots of raw beef or whatever, like, maybe it all would have been cool. But no, he had to go in there and be like, I'm going to barbecue your wife. Like, <laughs> you know?
0: I was like, well, I'm like, is this the does the fetus, can it only be killed by fire, too? Oh, like, fuck why is she being burned alive? Like, there has to be...
1: I guess, can they even, like, abort the baby? Because it's, like, a bluegaroo or whatever?
0: Yeah, it's oh my god. There's just a lot here that's not being explained. I'm very curious about. Yeah,
1: all. well, I, I think we're supposed to be recalling certain aspects of the Winchester family history here, right? So, like, Mary was forced to make the deal in order to save John. Jack mm-hmm. succumbs to his monstrosity to save his wife, you know? And that was just, like, the previous episode. There's, like, the baby, the presence of the baby thing. Uh, that's how Mary dies, is protecting the baby. That's how Jack ultimately dies, is protecting this idea of a baby. Plus, you know, we have to think about, like, oh, the idea of the ultimate innocent versus, like, the adult who can make a conscious choice, which is, like, a thing that they play with with Sam's story as well. Like, did he choose to get demon blood at him as a baby? No. Can he choose to not use his demon powers? Yes. And then, you know, of course, it has to be a kill it with fire moment because... Guess
0: what? Mary died with fire.
1: Mary died with fire. You know, it's really on
0: the nose. <laughs> oh my god. We didn't even talk about it, but I want to bring it up real quick just because I've been keeping track of it in my mind. This is the first time we've had a woman in a white dress in a long time. Because Mary was in a like white long dress when she got like like molested by Jack. Michelle, you mean? Michelle. Why did I call her Mary? Because we talked about Mary. And... and they both had M names. Yeah. Yeah, we got a w- her in the white dress, which Supernatural has been so good about not having.
1: Has it really been that good about it, though? Oh,
0: I think we haven't had a white dress since. I don't
1: know. I'd have to go back and look. They sort of did like an inverted white dress thing with Willif in the last episode of season three. but.
0: Oh, I forgot about that.
1: That was pretty recent, Jordan. That's all I'm saying. It's
0: true. You're right.
1: But if you recall, I don't mind it in that episode. I think it works because they're doing something different with it. Whereas here, it's the same old fucking thing. And, and, like, okay, so to top that off, so, like, you know, Travis eats the guy. The boys show up. They're like, oh, fucking Travis, fucking idiot. They go in there. They find his body. What's left of it, I guess? They know. And then they get attacked or whatever by uh, by Jack. And this this whole bit right here is also fucking reminds me almost exactly of uh, of Nightmare.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm like, wow, interesting. Like, even down to, like, Sam being trapped in the closet and trying to talk the guy down. And, like, in that episode, like, you know, we had Max, who was sort of the, the mirror through which we view Sam's issues or whatever, or the window, rather, through which we view Sam's issues. And here we have Jack. Except, to like, you know, in that episode, it was you know, there was some nuance to, like, a lot of the character interactions, and uh, there was a lot more going on in between Sam and Dean that (laughs) was a lot less punchy. And, like, Sam actually used telekinesis in that one for once, (laughs) which he never does again. (laughs) Ever. He's he's in this closet, like, poking at the keyhole with, like, a hanger. I'm like, you can move things with your mind. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs)
0: Well, that was my kind of thing, too, is, like, He's been leaning more into his powers lately, and the only thing he really does is exercise demons. I'm like, have we forgotten about all this other shit?
1: Right. Like, they just didn't want to I, use I, it anymore. I, I feel like straight up, they were just like, eh, live.
2: Yeah. Yeah, they should have saved the coat hanger and gave it to Jack's ex-wife.
1: Oh my fucking god! That uh,
0: <laughs> did cross my mind, too, unfortunately. <gasps>
1: Horrible
2: yeah, can, evil you remark! Out. You can edit that one <laughs>
1: I'm sorry. Dude, she's gonna, like, bleed out or die of sepsis or something in your version of the episode. (laughs) At least in, like, the canon version, she got away. Like, goddamn!
0: (laughs) I think we also, like, discussed that only a fire enema would work
2: anyways. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you'd have to heat it up first yeah you really gotta cut this portion oh my oh, sorry.
1: fucking god I'm so no, sorry. No, you're, in for it. you're in for it now I'm leaving this in everyone is gonna hear your crazy fire abortion nonsense
2: <laughs> <We're> sorry
1: <laughs> I'm the normal one <laughs> I did laugh I did laugh at Jack's flippant remarks you know talking about yeah let's have a little brainstorm sash like i just i have to laugh at that like they decided to like just let him go full camp with his monster
2: yeah yeah that was, was fun
1: i was like yeah like you know what you know what little guy i get it like same dude like i laugh through the tears like when i'm frustrated or it's a crazy situation the only thing i can fucking do is make a joke about it so you know what good for you
0: and sam pickpockets the closet without using a single sam power yeah, because we know how much he relies on those powers throughout this series. Yeah, just throwing things around with his mind and having a dream every episode.
1: Yeah, I'm glad he
0: broke that and you know used sensibility.
1: Yeah, he used his manual dexterity instead of his powers that he relies too much on. Good for him. Yeah. Dean really broke through to him. This time.
0: And Dean didn't get licked up by the weird wise cracking cannibal
1: family. <laughs> okay. I, I also found myself really amused that once again Dean was the damsel. This is yeah. when it's the, they start really hitting you hard with Dean being the one that gets kidnapped all the time. Is is yeah. like around this season. Um it's just constant.
0: He's Stephanie and um Sam is Velma.
1: I don't like that.
2: Sam is a mathlete. Not tracks. Sam's a mathlete. We confirmed it this episode. Yeah, it, Sam's the, yep.
1: I feel, I feel like it's more like Dean is Scooby <laughs> and <than> Sam is Thelma.
0: <laughs> Daphne's the one who always gets kidnapped, though.
1: That's true.
2: There was a, for a brief period of time, this is minutiae and off topic, there was a Scooby-Doo series that was just Shaggy, Daphne, and Scooby. It had none of the other characters. It was oh, like Andy, I remember that. It was like in the 80s. And then Scrappy-Doo showed up about two oh, seasons. Oh, fuck Scrappy-Doo. Fucking hate that guy. We can blame the eighties for scrappy doo.
1: Fucking scrappy doo. Whose fucking idea was that?
2: Who's the scrappy doo of supernatural?
0: Isn't a scrappy doo when your poop gets stuck in your butt. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, that's a dingleberry.
0: Oh, okay. I thought that was the the neighbors and fairly odd parents.
1: No, that's a dingleberg.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So it's Scrappy-Doo of Supernatural. It's got to be Arthur Ketch. He's not a character until season 12, so I apologize. But I think that's who it is. I accept it. Okay. Nice. He sucks, <laughs> by the way. He, he just sucks. Like, wow. Um okay so we, we do the thing and Jack like has a moment of lucidity and then he runs into the fire he's like oh I kill myself this is my last moment of agency destroy my monsterhood Bleh. and so that's you know foreboding and we we move on to our little our little Impala driving uh cooldown scene as they are often want to give us in this show we've already talked about the on the noseness and the just the ridiculous mirror thing and the, it's my choice, and all that crap. I do have to admire the line about, like, continuing to use my powers would be playing with fire after they just literally burned someone alive.
0: <laughs> um, like, read the room, Sam.
1: I am in mourning! I'm not. I'm not. I know you know I'm not, but I just want to throw that out there again, that I'm not. I, I really happy to see that guy burst into flames i was really sick of him
0: can i just say too after me really wanting evil sam him sitting in his car and saying i'm gonna do what everyone wants me to but not because they want me to did not feel good
1: (laughs) tell me tell me how that made you feel jordan
0: not good
1: (laughs) okay okay how did that make you feel then
2: it felt like so every every story like has an epilogue or a coda or a punchline right like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sticking with the haymakers thing i guess it's just fresh on my brain uh when i when i saw that like look right into the camera i laughed i laughed and was like this sucks
1: <laughs>
0: yeah it started with a haymaker and ended with a
2: fart <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. with the scrappy do if you will <laughs>
2: I, uh, yeah i've re- reaction immediate reaction was like laughing because i'm like this sucks and then like I, th- I like let it sit in as the credits started and i'm just like we had such a thing at the start of this episode
1: right like and, where and did we it go des-
2: we decided that it wasn't cool and when it was the coolest thing about the episode right and then like he's like i'm doing this for you i'm like no you're not doing it for me i wanted something cool i'm, I'm with jordan on this one i wanted cool badass demon sam but i got I got walk it back, have to make the next episode fit this character total shift, Sam. So
1: Yeah.
0: Well so Dean apologized for kind of how he had been treating Sam in this episode. I kinda of wish we had just left it with the apology and then with Sam not really saying anything. I don't know. Give us a little mystery.
1: Yeah, no, I, I get that. And I do like that they have him apologize, I think, especially because of um how intense and physical his anger was in this episode in particular um it
0: he was full-on olivia newton john
1: (sighs) yes um (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so it feels it feels right but i do uh i do think there's something to be said for sam's like i can't keep explaining myself to you like like dean apologizes and then does like a i'm sorry but you have to admit that like blah 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 and sam's like no and I like that. I like that a lot. I mean, talking about agency, I, for me, that's the bit that speaks more to like internalizing a sense of control over your actions and like your your purpose more than him being like, you know, I'm deciding to not use my demon powers because it's for me, not for you. Um, so I, I like having that in there. But I agree, it's like the sort of Coco Chanel thing. I'm sorry for bringing up a Nazi, but in this instance where she was like, you know, t- put on your outfit, take off the last thing you put on or whatever with regards mm-hmm. to like accessories. Um, yeah, she was right. Like the last, you know, couple of lines of dialogue, get, get them the fuck out of here. You don't need that. Take it off. You went too far, you know? <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. So that's how we end this episode. Not with a bang, but with a wet fart. <laughs>
0: Not to say I'm not excited for what's coming next.
1: Yeah, I think, like, that's the, that's the thing about this episode, too, is, like, because of the fact that it's the second part of, like, you know, the previous episode, it does have some really interesting overarching plot content in the beginning, and it does touch upon some things that we're deeply invested and interested in and always have been asking to have more of, which is Sam's storyline. Where is it? Why do you not write it? Why do you just hint at it? constantly it's annoying (laughs) i want it now so it's like you know it at least does that it sort of like tries to bolster your interest in sam again but you know it is what it is it is what it is so that pretty much wraps up all the plot content um for the episode so i think it's time to move on to the fanfic
0: i'm sure whatever fanfic is going to be much more compelling than this episode so (laughs) please.
1: Okay, so the fanfic that I picked for today is called Nine Tenths of the Law by Ao3 user Zara Z. The summary is, Sam's got demon blood in him, a disease pumping through his veins. He can never rip it out or scrub it clean, and after the fiasco with the Rougarou, he no longer believes he can make something good out of it either. A hunt down in New Orleans opens up a whole new world of possibilities, and Sam figures if he's smart, if he takes action early enough, if he makes the right deals, then maybe he can find a bearable alternative to becoming a creature of evil. And I'm like, yes, this is what I wanted this episode to be. <laughs> <laughs> like, clearly this is a person who was like, what is a Rougarou? And did some, some Googling. I, it makes no sense to me that they didn't bring this to Louisiana. Why, why didn't they? So I found a fic where they go to Louisiana. This was published in 2019. Other than Sam, there is Dean, who is a character, and there's OCs. It's rated T. And the additional tags include Voodoo, hoodoo, Canon Typical Violence, AU Canon Divergence, and Brotherly angst. It has 14,000 words-ish, and only 480 hits. Um, so if you're interested in Sam content, you should definitely go ahead and check that out. Personally, I find early season Sam content especially to be very compelling. Um, uh, I haven't read this one yet, but I have opened it up several times to start it. I'm a very, very busy bitch. Um, <laughs> I will read it eventually, though.
0: <laughs> nice, yeah, I really like the idea of more exploring that. That's, like, what Monster of the Week is about. I just wish that they would remember that sometimes.
1: Yeah, you know, I want to I wanna look at something new. I want to use, like, our situation, our conflict of the week, or whatever of the week, to inspect something new about our character, not rehash the same shit we've been looking at since the second season. Mm-hmm. It frustrates me, dude. Sorry, not to be a fucking sourpuss even after we're done talking about it, but whoops. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I guess that leaves rating the episode. Yeah,
1: let's rate the episode. Um, Who would like to go first? Would you like to go first, Jordan?
0: I will. Um, So I feel bad, but I'm just going to give this one a solid one out of five. Oh, I mean, wow. That's really low. That's really
1: low.
0: It's just like, there is, in cinema, in TV, there is one thing that just hate. Cinema. One thing that I hate, and I just hate being bored, and I was just so fucking bored this episode. So that's why I give it a one, a one out of five. Pregnancy face close-up announcements. Very weird today. Wow. I'm a little delirious from work. We're
1: making up for the lack of Allie today with that confusing rating system. Y-
0: yes, I have to make it <laughs> as confusing as possible in memory of Allie. Yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. Allie. <laughs> She's alive.
1: She's fine,
2: <laughs> or is she? <laughs> what about you, Ben? All right, well, I'm gonna give it three out of ten women having to call the police, and that being their exit line of dialogue from a scene
1: incredible <laughs> that's what I'm gonna, incredible that's what I'm give
2: it. I, I couldn't get over that they spent more time saying I'm going to call the police than like having character moments. She, her, her only character moment is that she's pregnant and that she thinks her husband is out of control. <laughs> so, like, yeah, we, that's that. Uh, yeah, this is it is the response also of a suburban white lady to be like, I want to call the cops. So we're going to have a three out of ten on this one. What about you, Jasper? I'm
1: going to rate it a little higher than y'all. I'm going to give it a two out of five cranberry sauce beef
0: packets (laughs) yummy
1: yeah i think i i liked the first act a whole lot i admire i think what the goals of this episode were in theory and um i like the attention to sam that we get i don't like anything else at all (laughs) yeah (laughs) except for michelle's um white nightgown i actually thought that was very stylish
0: it it was a good nightgown
1: we had to balance out the fact that sam's bad red and white shirt came back the one that just looks like it's inside out we had to balance (laughs) that out with shell's lovely little baby doll silhouette like spaghetti strap it didn't even come down to the knees it was so cute like just like poofed out little white nightie ah love that for her anyway though yeah Two out of five um cranberry sauce uh raw beef packs from me. hmm mm-hmm.
0: Well, I guess that leaves my predictions.
1: Yeah, let's hear about those predictions. Hopefully you don't oh. curse us with another like this one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: to be completely honest, I really have no fucking clue. Cause like I don't have anything to really go off of in this episode. I mean, I really hope to see more Castiel, like he's a big presence in the season, even this early in. But we've really only gotten a few minutes of screen time of him. So I kind of want to see what his role in his early narrative is going to be. And also now that Sam has decided to stop using his powers, I'm super curious to see how that's going to affect his relationship with Ruby. So really, I just want more Castiel and Ruby. They're my favorite parts of the season mm-hmm. so far. I feel like we're not just going to jump right into it. We're going to get a weird monster. Mm-hmm. Listen, if they're going to do Monster of the Week like this, like if they're just going to like really shove it in our face, I just want them to give us something really straightforward. Mm-hmm. Like vampires, like we were talking about this episode and then play with kind of like when they did um, like a haunting, but like in the movie studio, like play with how how they tell the story a little bit, like play with the narrative and not the monster.
1: I see what you mean. So like uh, play with the genre or like poke fun at the process or something like that. Yeah
0: this show goes on for 15 seasons but by season four a lot of shows most shows only go for six season if they're like planning a full run mm-hmm. like we'd be pretty far along in the narrative so i'm like give us goofy stuff we're ready for it
1: i do love a good goofin Oh yeah thanks for tuning in to on the road with supernatural our theme music was composed by anthony Puihar, and special thanks to sophia london for our logo if you're having fun, hit us up on Tumblr, Instagram, or Twitter at OTR Supernatural, or contact us by email at supernatural at gmail.com with any questions or feedback. That's all for today. See you next time in Cannonsburg, Pennsylvania.
3: Bye! Bye!